You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed when they... Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 17. Today's reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 8 through 21. Brethren, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose which he had realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confidence of access through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Father, as we begin, I'd I'd like to focus on what St. Paul writes in verses 9 and 10, that grace was given to him in order to, quote, to make all men see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Father, would you begin by explaining who or what the principalities and powers in the heavenly places are? Of course. Uh, I think the simple answer is that St. Paul is referring here to the angels. Uh, That's certainly the case when he mentions the powers in the heavenly places. And I guess the only question would be if he is lumping in the principalities with the powers in the heavenly places or if he is referring to the principalities separately. Really not a huge issue, so I don't want to make it into one. But I think one could argue that what is translated principalities in this passage could also be translated as rulers. If you look, for example, at Titus chapter 3, verse 6, Paul uses this exact same word to say we should be subject and obedient to rulers, as in the governing authorities. Furthermore, at the end of chapter 1 in this book of Ephesians, Paul notes that Jesus was raised by God and seated at his right hand in the heavenly places above Quote, all rule, authority, power, and dominion. End of the quote there. So what I'm getting at here is that Paul is essentially beginning this epistle to the Ephesians by presenting Christ as above the Roman emperor. And I think that's important to understand this context when we read Paul and the New Testament. Jesus is being presented as the true Roman emperor, so to speak, because he is the emperor above every earthly authority and power. And keep in mind that the Roman emperor was essentially worshipped as a deity at this time. He was part of what was called the imperial cult. 
So Paul is taking a jab at this mindset of the Romans and saying that Jesus has actually been revealed to be above the Roman emperor because the one true biblical God, the God above all gods, raised him, raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand. And now through the apostles and prophets, as Paul said in the section right before today's reading earlier in Ephesians 3, this great plan of God from the beginning of the world is now being revealed. Again, both to the earthly rulers and earthly authorities, but also to the powers in the heavenly places, which I think we can say does refer even to the angels. I appreciate you pointing that out, Father, about the Roman emperor and Paul's portrayal of Christ as above the Roman emperor. And that gives some good historical insight into how the New Testament and Paul's letters would have been understood at the time they were written, and also by his direct audience. And it certainly makes sense of Paul converting the Romans and, and in a sense, using their familiar cultural understandings and their mindset to convert them to the scriptural message. Now, pivoting to the powers in the heavenly places, how is it that God's plan is not known first by the angels, but rather revealed to mankind? Well, I think this goes back to the beginning of Scripture. Remember, St. Paul is arguing his entire case. Uh, all of his arguments in the New Testament are based on what we now call the Old Testament, or uh, scholars refer to often as the Hebrew Bible. And Paul shows from the Bible how the work of Jesus Christ, God's chosen Messiah, has been planned by God from the very beginning. Uh, so we, too, have to go back to Scripture to the beginning. And in the very beginning, in the first chapter of Genesis, uh, we're told that humanity is created in God's image. We alone among all creation are given that uh, honor, but also that duty, that high calling. So it should come as no surprise that God reveals and makes known his plan first to humanity. Would you maybe explain a little more about why that's important in terms of being created in God's image and then also being made privy first to his plan? Yeah, again, we often think about what an honor it is to be created in God's image, and it certainly is a great honor. But in the Bible, any honor comes with an equally great responsibility, and that's why I said we have a duty being created in God's image. You know, there's lots of debate about what exactly it means to be created in God's image, but fundamentally it boils down to this. Being created in God's image means that we are to present God to all creation. Just like the ancient idols were made to look like the emperor or the king, because he was the one who was representing the city or the nation's deity, so we are to represent our deity, the biblical God. The biblical God has no idols, no statues. He has humanity to represent him, to be his image. And so God, through Jesus Christ, reveals his plan first to humanity, because it's our responsibility to represent him to the rest of creation, including the angels. It is our job, as Paul talks about later in this passage uh, you read today, to show the deep and all-encompassing love of Christ, which Christ himself first showed to us. Father, that's a good segue into my final question. Thank you. So in verses 16 through 19, we read, quote, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God, end quote. 
Father, would you speak to St. Paul's words here about knowing the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge? Can you help us to comprehend this? I think to understand what Paul's saying here, uh, you need to be familiar with what he said prior to this in the first two and a half chapters of Ephesians. And what Paul is getting at is this worldview he has, this understanding uh, that God is behind all of human history, leading up to this point where Paul happens to be alive and to be able to preach about God's Messiah, Jesus Christ. And clearly, Paul sees himself as one whom God has chosen to preach this message of Jesus Christ, which is the message of God's reconciliation for all humanity. And you can see throughout Paul how he understands that God has done at least two things. First, he has offered through Jesus Christ that humans may be reconciled to God. And then second, that humans may be reconciled to one another. And that's the first part of Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, leading up to the passage you referred to just a minute ago. And Paul is just in amazement at how human history, and specifically uh, the narrative of human history, is understood and conveyed to us in Scripture, or what we now refer to as the Old Testament, has led to this point where it is now so very clear to Paul that God, through Jesus Christ, is giving us the opportunity to have reconciliation not only with himself, but also with each other, with our fellow human beings. And so Paul's marveling at the fact that God and his love for all humanity, not just any one nation or people group or ethnicity, but his love for all humanity, has sent Jesus Christ to reconcile. And that's why if you continue to read on from the end of today's passage, when you get to Ephesians 4, Paul then turns to how we must walk worthy of God's calling. He expresses how we should be lowly and gentle, being patient and bearing with one another in love. So again, you see this connection that we discussed earlier about being created in God's image. We are to present him to creation. Paul sets it up in the first three chapters what God has done how he's been patient and lowly and gentle, and how he, how God bears with our weakness in love, so that he can then instruct us to do the same with one another, to reconcile with one another, which is the only way we can present the true image of God to creation. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, we began by clarifying who it is that St. Paul refers to as the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Father made the case that Paul is not only referring to the angels, but also to the earthly rulers, and more specifically, the Roman emperor. Paul is telling us that Jesus has been revealed both to mankind and to the angels as the true emperor, the God above all gods. We were then reminded that as humanity was created in the image of God, we should not be surprised to learn that God's plan was first revealed to us. We are the sole creation made in God's image, which is both an honor and a high calling. The Bible teaches us that with honor comes responsibility, and that responsibility is that we must represent Christ to all of creation to show the deep and all-encompassing love of Christ, which he first showed to us. In doing so, we are offered through Christ Jesus to be reconciled to God and to one another. This is the only way we can present the true image of God to creation. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God. O our God and our hope, glory to thee.